Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this time that we are in your house, in your presence. We thank you for the dedication of these two little ones. We come to your word now, believing that your word always has something to say to us. And Father God, we just pray as we take this next short time uh, just to listen to what you have to say. We just pray, Father God, for each and every person gathered in this place, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for how you see them as special and precious. And Father, we pray as we come in this short time that you would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, I think... <laughs> I think... Thank <laughs> you. On this special day uh, for Aliana and Roman, the special message because uh, as our kids grow up, uh, they will discover certain things about life, stuff that happens which every parent would want to protect uh, their children from. We only have to see the news in the last few weeks, particularly this last week, uh, the panic suddenly that is all around because of the coronavirus. and. Um, it creates what I put up on screen, really, a level of uncertainty for people. But the reality is that life is uncertain. We would love as parents uh, to, to sit our kids down and say to them, you know, nothing bad will ever happen to you. We would love to sit them down and say to them that if anything does happen to you that's bad, we would love to take that off you as parents because there's nothing worse as parents to see our kids struggle, to see our kids have hard times. Uh, and so the one thing that we come to see sometimes is, is this uncertainty in life and how do we face this uncertainty? It says this morning in my short sermon, I want to share with you what the Bible teaches. I was on Facebook yesterday and there are 150,000 different opinions of what people think about what is happening. So I thought it would be good this morning to share with you what I believe the Bible teaches when we face uncertain times. In the Bible, there was a book in the Old Testament called the Psalms. They're a collection of poems or speeches that speak about the reality of life and trusting God in all circumstances. There is one this morning that I want to share with you that illustrates what we should do when we're faced with difficult times and times of uncertainty. It is inevitable that these times will happen to everybody. And so I'm going to read this morning just a Psalm 46, the first three verses and the last two verses. This Psalm was written a few thousand years ago. The context of it was that it was in an uncertain time. There was chaos around because simply people were trying to attack the people. And so the writer, the writer writes these words. He says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The last two verses says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. A lot of the Psalms that are written 
in the Bible are always written with the circumstance or the situation that the people are facing at that particular time. This psalm is entirely different because this psalm begins with a description of who God is and what God does. And the same God that is written about here a few thousand years ago is the same God that we've worshipped and sung about this morning. The God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. You see, this begins with a description of God's provision in the middle of all difficult circumstances. The writer looked to God in difficult times and he found these two things. He found that God was his confidence in the chaos and he found that God could be trusted in all the trouble that could be faced. You see, because of this, he writes this. We should not fear. Everybody is afraid of something. Everybody fears something. If we went round the church this morning and asked people individually what they would be afraid of, different people would turn around and say it would be spiders, it would be snakes, it would be flying, it would be something that grips people with a fear. And, and a fear of something is called a phobia. And I actually looked up a few phobias that you can be afraid of. There are literally thousands of phobias that people can be afraid of. Arithmophobia is a fear of numbers. Is there anybody in here that's afraid of numbers? I would doubt there's one person, there's one person in here. A fear of numbers. I thought this was good. This is cacophobia. This is a fear of ugliness. And I just thought to myself, right, this is a good one. I like this next one because I've two of them. Apiphobia, a fear of teenagers. Is there anybody in here that has some hands going up there? This one, let me try and get this right now. I have been practicing this the last few days. Hippopotamonstrosecutophilophobia is the best I can do this morning. That actually is a fear of long words. <laughs> and finally, one for the men in here. And some of the men will go home today and say this to their wives that they suffer with this. Maggie, cophobia, uh, there we go. It's the best I can do. A fear of cooking. So I don't know if there's anybody in here that, that suffers with that. But these are just some, just to illustrate the point. Lots of people have a fear of something, but there has to be an answer to the fear that we face. There has to be something that we look to in these times of uncertainty. If you've watched the news this week, most people's reaction to the time of uncertainty is running out and going to buy 12 toilet rolls. Now, we may smile, but there is a reality in that that's what people have done because there is a crisis coming or we're in a crisis or there's trouble coming. I need to stock up on my toilet rolls. There has to be another remedy. There has to be something else, an alternative to the chaos. And I think the writer of the psalm writes the alternative, the remedy for the chaos that we're living in. You see, the phobias that we've listed just illustrate the world we live in and the fear that is attached to that. Fear is created because the one thing we all have in common is this. Whether we are believers this morning, whether we are first time in church for a long time this morning, it says we all have something in common. We do not know what the future holds. 
But the difference this morning is this. There will be some people who read the verses that we've looked at, that we pray over Roman and Aliana, and they will look at that and say, I believe that, I'm trusting God. There are other people that will read that and say, that stuff's not for me, I'm better off looking after myself and taking my chances. Those are the only two camps that people fall in this morning. You see, the writer does this. He considers the most frightening, humbling, natural phenomenon imaginable. The earth moving. And he simply says this, God is greater than it all. He simply says, God is bigger than that. God is bigger than anything that we face. God is in control this morning. Even in the biggest crisis, even in the times of uncertainty and instability, you can trust God and have confidence in him. If God is our refuge, our place of safety, if he is our strength, our support and our encouragement, if he is our help, our ever-present help, he's always there. There's no logical reason to fear because we trust God this morning. The writer's almost saying this, though the earth be moved, God is not moved. Though the mountains be shaken, God is never shaken. Though it all may fall, God still stands. You see, the secret of confidence in troubled times is knowing God is not just near you, but for you and with you. I love the thought when he says he's an ever-present help, a very present help. It just simply means he's always there for you. He's always there. Should we fear? Should we be afraid of things? We look at things sometimes outside in the world and it grips our hearts with fear. But there is somebody that has overcome the fear and is greater than the fear, and that's God. And our prayer for the two little ones this morning is simply this. It's not just that we bring them up onto a platform, pray for them and dedicate them, but simply we do this as well. We pray over to them that they would know that there is a God that loves them, that there is a God who is bigger than any problem that they will face in their life, that God is greater than it all. He will be their refuge and their strength and any trouble that they face, he will be ever present. You see, the end of the chapter tells us this. It says, be still and know that I am God. He goes on to say that, that God is with us and our fortress. I love this thought. It speaks of this. The God is the God of the multitude. It's the God of all people. It's the God of everybody gathered here. But he's also the God of you. Interested in every aspect of everybody's life in this place this morning. Since we get one opportunity to share this and we come and we share this this morning. That God is not just the God of the big group. But the individual interested in you. He tells them to be still, to stop struggling, fighting, to surrender, to simply lay down your arms and reflect. Is this true? Is this just waffle from a preacher in church on Sunday morning? Or is it true that God is our refuge and our strength and will be with us in every trouble that we face? Very present help. Is that true? It can only be two sides. There can only be two alternatives. The first one is it's true. And the second one is, I'm talking nonsense this morning. 
And each and every person that's gathered here has to make that decision. That in the middle of the chaos that we face, in the middle of the uncertainty that we face, where are we putting our trust? Are we putting it in ourselves and each other? Or are we putting it in God? Do not fear this morning because God is in control. He wants us to know him, not just know about him, and his desire to know us is shown by sending his son Jesus to the cross. I love this, that God didn't excuse himself from the mess and the chaos of humanity. He went to the trouble and, and, and asked his son to go right into the middle of the trouble and the mess and the chaos to be a solution to the problem. And you say to me, how was he a solution to the problem? Well, God wanted to show you and me how much he loved us. And the way he did that was by sending his son Jesus. Not just to tell people the good news that we shared in the story at the beginning. But telling people the good news and demonstrating that by going to the cross because he loves you and me. He says it's a tremendous demonstration, the greatest demonstration that there has been of love is God sending his son for you and for me to show us that in the middle of our mess and in the middle of our chaos and in the middle of our brokenness, he says God chose to send his son Jesus Christ as the answer, the remedy, the solution. In sending his son to die on the cross, he presented him who was most valuable Precious to give for you and me. In the middle of our trouble, he can be our refuge and strength and our help. In the middle of the trouble that we are in at the moment, in the middle of what seems like this chaos and uncertainty that we are in at the moment, this morning I give you an alternative to trust God because he's our strength, he's our refuge, he's our ever-present help in time of trouble. And whatever happens, whatever happens, says God is greater than it all. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Father God, you demonstrated your love for us by doing that. And in the words that we have read this morning, Father, we see that you are our refuge, our strength, our very present help in any trouble that each and every one of us face this morning. Father, where do we look when times are uncertain? Father, we look to you. Father, where do we look when things seem insecure and unstable? Father, we look to you. And Father, we thank you this morning for that. Father, as we come, we need not fear today. For God, you are still in control. In Jesus' name, amen.